BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, FFM. Welcome back to another solo episode from my bed. If I'm out of breath, it's just the state of my life right now. I like, I feel like I am constantly out of breath. And especially right now, I don't know what's going on, but like I'm kind of congested, but I'm not. But I feel it like internally. It's not that I'm having a hard time breathing. I just, well, I guess I am having a hard time breathing. I'm not concerned. Like I'm not trying to raise any flags. I just am out of breath a lot. Hello, pregnancy. I just got back from a walk with Charlie. So I feel like I can't explain it. My body feels like a little jelloey. I might have to take a break mid-recording to go get a snack because maybe I'm just hungry to be determined. I guess that's the continuous mind battle of a pregnant woman. Do I feel like jello or do I need jello? Okay, this episode doesn't really have a plan or a structure, but I just think that there are a few things that have been happening in life lately that I want to catch up on. So we're going to do like a life lately rundown. I want to talk about the queen herself, Taylor Swift, and my experience that was so amazing. And then I want to talk about the LA trip that I just got back from. I want to chit chat about some things I'm feeling towards work and all of that. And yeah, so let's just dive right in, shall we? So let's start with Taylor. Basically, like, okay, I always get nervous because talking about Taylor Swift, because I think that like her fan base, I don't think I know her fan base of Swifties are very like ride or die intense. They know everything about her and every song, like all of that. And that's why I feel intimidated, but also like not equipped to necessarily call myself a Swifty. Do I love Taylor Swift's music? Yes. Like, do I know every single detail about her and the Easter eggs and every title of every song and the album it was on? Absolutely not. I can sing 99% of the words, but like, I'm not someone who knows this, this is the song that was in this album that she's re-released. Like, I, I just don't know those facts. Quite honestly, I don't know those about anyone. 
like no artist do I know that information about. And I don't know if that's because in today's world, we're just all on Spotify. I do think when I was younger with like an NSYNC album, I could tell you the name of every track because of a CD. But I, I don't know. I just, it's not how my brain operates. I'm a lyrics person. Like I know all the lyrics. But anyway, because of that, because she is such a lyrical mastermind and plants so many Easter eggs and all these things and everyone has 10,000 theories, I don't feel at all like an iota of as knowledgeable as other people who label themselves Swifties. So then I get nervous where I'm like, I'm not even going to say I'm a Swiftie because I don't want someone coming for me, but I love her music. So I really wanted to go to her concert. No one in my life got like the pre-sale thing. And I just kind of like accepted that I wasn't going to go. But then Memorial Day came and went. And that was when she was at MetLife. And I just was having so much regret seeing everyone's videos that I didn't make it happen some way. And my cousin, who is a Swifty, was like really upset because she couldn't go because she had a wedding. And she just kept texting us being like, I need to make this happen. I need to make this happen. And I told her, if you find a way in another city to go, I will try and go with you if it makes sense. And she said, I think I'm going to try to go to Chicago. It's where she's from. So we could stay at her parents. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to come with you. Like when I never do these type of last minute, let's do it. Why not? This isn't the easiest route, but we're going to make it work type of things. And I sat down with Joe and I was like, I really want to go, but I just don't know if this is wild and stupid for me because I'm pregnant. And like, obviously it's a lot of money, but I feel it's an incredible experience. And he's like, just go. You you rarely do these things for yourself. Go make memories, go. And I was like, oh, you don't got to tell me twice. So then I texted a few of my other friends who love her. And so it ended up being four of us. One of my best friends from college, my cousin, and then someone who actually works with me, but has become one of my very good friends, Chloe. So the four of us end up going. We fly to Chicago and we end up like, it's one of those things where it just kind of worked out. That's how I felt about when Joe and I ended up going to the Super Bowl. It was like, okay, we can get there easily. It's not a bad flight. And then we have somewhere to stay. And then Chloe's parents live there. So her dad was willing to drive us and drop us off and pick us up from the concert, all of those things. So we make it work. And it was such a incredible experience. And it's twofold because A, she is just so talented. It's mind blowing. And I've always really respected her lyrical ability, like her songwriting after watching Miss Americana and just seeing how she creates these songs, even the whole storyline or not storyline, but what's happened with her and Scooter Braun and all of those things. And, you know, the re-release of albums is so inspiring, but she's just really mind blowing to observe I don't know how she had the stamina to put on a three and a half hour show. It blows my mind. I was exhausted and I was taking breaks in between songs. And during some songs I was sitting, I was stretching. Like I felt like I ran a marathon the next day and all I was doing was like standing up, dancing and singing. I don't know how she does this, let alone three nights in a row then in all these other cities. But I was really impressed by the like production of it all. Like the, it felt like a literal Broadway show with her backup dancers. There was such development and storytelling within the set 
display. I don't know what the correct terminology is. And her backup dancers and how they rebuilt everything and changed and put on these new personas for every different era. It was really incredible. It was honestly as if it was a Broadway show. And I turned to my friends and I was like, how do they get this set from city to city? That was blowing my mind, blowing my mind. Yes, sure. A lot of it is videography stuff, but a lot of it are actual large set props. And I'm like, well, how the fuck are they transporting this? So A, blown away by her. But B, what's truly fucking wild to me is the chokehold this tour has over our country right now. The fact that not only did it completely sell out, and yes, obviously there are all these Ticketmaster issues and I'm not even going to get into that, but the fact that all these people are then just like showing up to also observe and be a part of it in a parking lot and sing aloud. And it's not only that, it's the energy when you're in the concert. So I don't like crowds. I'm not a crowd person. They really kind of stress me out. I will say there was one moment in the concert where there was like, we could see the floor very easily. And there was security guards that were sprinting from one side back, like through a tunnel. And they were all racing to the same area. And then more and more kept sprinting there. And I definitely started to internally panic just because crowds freaked me out. And I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? Is something going on? Why are they all running to the same spot? Nothing that I know of ended up happening and they all eventually came back out. So I have no idea what was happening, if it was like a changing of the guards or what, but it freaked me the hell out. So I'm not a crowd person. So yes, while I love experiencing things with people and I do love the sensation of like singing and screaming with others, when I think about crowds, they really overwhelm me. And especially concerts and like the mass exodus of a concert gives me so much anxiety. We did end up leaving before the last song because I was really nervous about just getting out of the stadium. But it is unlike anywhere. I actually, I'm not going to fully compare it to Harry Styles, but I will say the audience is so female heavy and just happy that it is a very different crowd experience. Like there is such a camaraderie and togetherness and shared joy that it's just fun to be around and to watch so many people just be so excited to be somewhere and belt the same song. It's not only joyful and inspiring, but it's like there's happiness in the world. I know this sounds crazy, but at one point I literally was talking with one of my friends I was with and we were like, is this what church feels like? Like for people who love church, this is an incredible feeling. And it was also so interesting to observe the age range. And this is something that I think, I mean, I can only imagine they're filming in the background of all of this for a documentary to come out in later time. That's just has to happen. Otherwise, that's a wildly missed opportunity. And I can't imagine Taylor would miss that up. So I imagine this will be part of the documentary that we hopefully all see in the future because it's fascinating that, yes, a lot of the people are my age, so millennials, because we were the ones who were growing up with listening to her and a little bit older. But then there's like the generation a little bit younger. So whatever, the Gen Z, I guess. But then there's like this very young generation that I think are the kids of Swifties who know every word. And I am blown away. I'm like, I don't think I knew. I guess I did with Britney, but I maybe she's their Britney. I don't know. 
it was just so fascinating to see the true span of demographic and age that was there. And I did say, like, I think that this is probably the lowest grossing tour in alcohol sales because no one was drinking. It's just not the vibe of the concert. Everyone's high on Taylor. You guys know I love sharing my favorite clothing products and my favorite finds for my son. And I am so excited to tell you about the Dreamland Baby Lux Weave Bamboo Pajamas. I know there are a ton of pajamas for kids on the market right now, but we have been loving these as they are ultra soft, comfortable, and cute. The proprietary Lux Weave fabric is custom milled from premium, breathable, and sustainable viscose from bamboo. It results in a product with buttery softness that is also naturally moisture wicking and breathable, and of course, machine washable. Plus, they have a non-negotiable for me in their one pieces, a two-way zipper that makes for a fuss-free diaper change. And if you've got a super little one at home, you'll love that the Dreamland Baby Luxe Weave Bamboo Pajamas also come with their innovative dream cuffs. These prevent scratching and keep their hands and feet cozy as you simply pull them over their fingers and toes to eliminate the need for additional booties or mittens. It has been so interesting and amazing to watch Liam take on this like newly profound independence lately and desire to quote unquote do things himself. And one of the things being is that he loves picking out his outfits, whether it be what he's wearing to the pool, music class, or to sleep. I love watching his little brain work when looking at all of the options and practicing his ownership over what he wants to wear. And to no surprise, he is also a big fan of the Dreamland Baby Lux Weave Bamboo Pajamas. Exclusive discount for Freckled Foodie and Friends listeners. Head to dreamlandbabyco.com and use code Cameron at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Visit dreamlandbabyco.com for more information or follow them on Instagram at Dreamland Baby Co. I've talked a lot about the struggle of exercising during the second pregnancy, and boy, is it real. Unfortunately, there just isn't really much me time as there was during the first pregnancy, insert a toddler, and sure as heck not as much energy, also insert a toddler. On top of that, my body has simply just been hurting. The lower half of my body is aching a lot more earlier than my first go around, and I'm always looking for ways to help my body feel better. Something that has been helping a ton as I navigate this journey is Aloe Moves. Aloe Moves is a stream on-demand wellness platform that features yoga practices, fitness routines, meditation sessions, and so much more from one of my favorite brands, Aloe Yoga. They truly have something for everyone from beginner, advanced, yoga to bar, Pilates, cardio, and HIIT classes. They even have relaxed guided meditations and breath work. The best part is you need little to no equipment. You all know how much I love my morning me time and Aloe Moves plays a big role in that. Lately, I have been heavily relying on their prenatal offerings. Specifically, I love their prenatal yoga. I personally like to start my day off on a slower note while moving my body in my pajamas and simultaneously enjoying my coffee. And their prenatal yoga classes are the perfect option to help me feel my best while doing so. It's not just me that is loving Aloe Moves. It was voted best wellness app of 2022 by InStyle Magazine and best yoga app of 2023 by Women's Health. For a limited time, Aloe Moves is offering my listeners a free 30-day trial plus get this, 50% off an annual membership, but you can only get it by going to alomoves.com and use code CAM in all caps. That's A-L-O-Moves.com and all caps code CAM to get a free 30-day trial plus 50% off an annual membership. Alomoves.com code CAM, all caps. 
Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. It was incredible and worth the entire experience, the, the travel, the money, all of it. I will say, and I've said this before on my story, so I know that I'm beating a dead horse with this story, but the plane ride home, I had an experience that I can only explain as life-changing in a negative way. And I totally understand that that seems so fucking insane to say and like an over-exaggeration. But I want to lay the ground. First of all, if you have the phobia of like getting sick and vomiting, just skip this part. But I won't get too gruesome. I'm not someone who throws up. So I have never been someone who when they're hungover throws up, when if I throw up, it's like a very big deal to me. So really, it's only with stomach viruses. Even with my first pregnancy, I only threw up twice. And with this one, I I had not thrown up. I felt like I had to the entire pregnancy, but I never did. So it's a very big deal for me to actually experience it. And I'm sitting in the back of the plane in the middle seat. And to lay the foundation, first and foremost, the flight is like delayed because I, I don't even know what happened. Some mechanical issue. So, so they have to turn off the plane for the mechanical issue. And you know how it's already so hot when you board a plane, like that heat is the most all consuming heat I think I can experience. And they turn off the plane. So the AC goes off. I'm now in this sweat set, just so uncomfortable in this middle seat in the back of the plane, like drenched in sweat. So uncomfortable, all of the things. We take off, fine. I take off my sweatshirt. I'm good. I'm reading the whole flight. It's a quick ride from Chicago to New Jersey. So I am doing okay. The last 10 minutes of the flight, we hit this pocket of turbulence. And I know a lot of people get scared with turbulence on an airplane. And I can totally understand why that would freak people out. For some odd reason, I don't get scared by turbulence. I get anxiety over almost everything, but that just doesn't do it for me. In my head, it's kind of like, if we're going down, we're going down. There's nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. It's a very odd trait of mine, but that's how I feel. So I'm not anxious over this turbulence at all, but I'm starting to feel very motion sick. And I've said this before, but I never had motion sickness until I had a kid. I don't know what shifted in my biological makeup, but ever since having Liam, I get car sick in the car. If I turn around to look at him, I get car sick. If I even look at my cell phone in a car while I'm in the passenger seat, even like on swings. So now it's this new thing I'm dealing with. But again, I don't, I'm not someone who throws up. So like never is that in my head. And we're going through these bumps and I'm starting to get really like hot and sweaty and feel sick, you know? So I took off my sweater and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I'm fine. And I'm talking myself through this. And I'm like, you're good. You're good. You just don't feel well. It's okay. It's just turbulence, yada, yada, yada. And yes, I think like there's a chance, but in my head, I'm like, I'm not gonna throw up. I don't throw up. I'm fine. I am totally fine. And then I'm like, mm, am I? And I'm like, no, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. And then there is a split second where everything turns. And I grab the bag in front of me and thank God I make it to my mouth right in time. And it is violent. 
I will leave it at that. And I'm stuck in between these two people because we were also landing. So like there was no world where I could get out of my seat. I felt like they were going to yell at me. It also just happened so fast, the turn of events. And then I'm just like sitting there with this fucking bag and it's on my face. And the woman acknowledges it at one point. She's like, do you need my other bag? And I was like, yes, I do. Thank you. The man just like never acknowledges it. And a few of you said you would prefer it that way. I don't actually care. I was going to try and apologize, but he never took out his headphones. He never even noticed me. Some of you said maybe he has like a phobia, so he just couldn't even look at me, which I get. We finally land like five minutes later and I like ask him, I'm like, excuse me, can I please get out? So I rush out and go into the bathroom, deal with myself. And the, the reason I say this story is because when I got home, I could not, and I still can't stop thinking about it. And Joe was like, you like, get over it. I love you. And it sucks, but like you threw up, move on. And I think the reason that I feel so attached to this story is because it was such an out of body experience where I'm like, do I even know myself anymore? I don't know what just happened. That is so uncharacteristic of me. I feel like I don't know who I am at my core. It utterly changed me. It shook me to my core. And it just was the weirdest experience because I felt like I was in someone else's body. I'm like, this isn't what I do. What is happening? So then obviously when I flew to LA last week, I was very anxious about getting sick on the flight. And I was very nervous that it was going to happen again. So I guaranteed an ILC both ways. Thank Jesus. And I was fine. It was a much bigger plane because it was an LA flight. I was sitting up closer. I had done like the extra leg room situation and there wasn't honestly any turbulence. So I was fine. Unfortunately, on the flight home, we had a few issues with a random landing in Indianapolis and just sitting on the tarmac or whatever it's called for an hour on the plane to then retake off. So the flight home from LA that everyone's like, oh, the flight back east is so easy. It's like four and a half hours turned into a 10 hour plus flight. But I made it home. Alas, I was fine. I did not get sick. Speaking of LA, I want to talk about the trip quickly because I have a lot of just thoughts, A, about LA in general, and then traveling as a mom and what I did. I'm so excited to share with you all and all of those things LA related. So this trip was unlike any of my other LA trips I've done because typically when I go out there, it's for podcasting since Dear Media is like their main studio and office is in LA. So if I go out there, I try to bang out episodes and do all of those things and interview guests that are West Coast based so that I can do them in person. This time around, I was going out for a very exciting opportunity that will be released, I think, sometime in August, hopefully. But you all know my friend Megan Roop. I talk about her all the time and I've mentioned her a lot on here. She's been a two-time guest. She's one of my close friends who I'm honored to have known like through this world. Her platform, The Sculpt Society, we ended up shooting a full like prenatal program that will come out in August. It's awesome. I had so much fun doing it. And it was such a different experience for me. I went out there. We really fucking banged out this work. It was a day and a half of shooting. We filmed, I think, seven workouts and three recipes and like a wellness chat, like a Q, like a conversation type thing. And then a bunch of other just like subtext content, which was a lot of work to squeeze into that short amount of time. 
And quite honestly, my main takeaway is I have no idea how the hell she does all of this. Like I am continuously blown away by her. She knows this because I told her every hour on the hour that she is a superhero. But I love having friends in this space that A, you just connect on a personal level. And we can talk about our personal lives. A, look, we both had children two weeks apart with our first. We're two months apart with our second we're going through a lot of similar experiences. We connect on those levels, but then B, working in similar industries, being able to like sit down and just have very honest and open chats of like, this is what I see you working. This is what I'm, I'm struggling with. This is how much I'm making on this. This is what I wish I was doing on this is so helpful, especially in an industry where you don't necessarily have colleagues. So like these people in the industry, if you're fortunate enough to find friends who you're close with, can kind of become that in a way. I just feel very blessed for the friendships I have made in this space and Megan being one of them. I also got to see two others, Carissa, who is Brock Your Body. I almost just forgot her name, Carissa Stanton, who is Brock Your Body. And then also Victoria Garrick, who are very similar in a sense of we can chat personal life and then we can go into work and just have fun. But the stuff with Megan was so much fun to film. I actually ended up not doing any podcasting while I was out there because this gets into a conversation we're going to get into in a second. But I had planned the trip and I was like, you know what? I'll go out for the work week. I'll spend time. We'll do shooting. I'll spend time with people out there. I'll do some podcasting, blah, blah, blah. And it won't feel rushed and all this. And then as we got close to it, I don't know if it's like the nesting part of pregnancy where I just want to be home or if it's Liam's age where I'm just having a really hard time being away from him or if it's anxiety. I I don't know. My positive side of my brain is trying to tell me like it's just I have a life that I love at home and that's a great thing that I want to be here. But I leading up to it was like, I don't want to be away for that long. I, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I need to cut the trip. So we jam packed all of the filming into a day and a half. I rearranged my flights to make that work. And I just made the decision not to schedule anything else while I was out there. So it was truly like under 48 hours in the actual city of LA. And I know that's a lot to do, especially while pregnant, but I just, in my gut, I was like, I don't want to be there for longer. And when I came back, Joe asked me, he was like, are you happy with the decision? Do you wish you were out there? And I was like, no, I was so ready to be home, even though it was not long at all. I'm just having a very hard time being away from my like base of home. And it's a mix of the house. It's a mix of Joe. It's a mix of Liam, even Charlie. Like I just don't want to be away from them. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. In this episode, I do a little recap of life lately. And I mentioned some struggles I'm facing mentally when it comes to work and obstacles I'm personally dealing with. These episodes help me work through a lot of my own thoughts, quite honestly, but one of the primary ways I'm able to really go to the root of a lot of my emotions and figure out the next best course of action is through my weekly therapy sessions. Therapy is so important to me because it is my dedicated weekly me time where I'm focused on giving myself time alone to work through whatever is currently happening in my life. It is so easy, especially as a parent, to put everyone else's needs before your own. 
But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us running on empty and in the end, unable to truly help anyone else, especially ourselves. Something I personally work on with my therapist is how to stop the comparison voice that my brain can unfortunately so easily tap into. One of the things I am actively working on that exponentially quiets this voice is spending more time off social media. For me, because it's at the core of my work, it is really easy to scroll and compare. And at the end of the day, it is just not helpful for my mental health. If this is something you struggle with too, I really suggest trying to limit the amount of time you are passively consuming social media throughout your day. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Cameron today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Cameron. With summer picking up and the temperatures getting hotter and hotter, I am constantly making a conscious effort to stay hydrated as I know that it is not only the lead cause of my headaches when I don't, but it is also super important for me to do so while pregnant. But to be honest, with the constant need to pee, it is hard to convince myself and remember to drink as many liquids as I should be. That is why I love and rely on Element because it helps me replenish electrolytes. Whether you are pregnant like me or working out or just trying to keep an active lifestyle, replenishing electrolytes is super important. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt with no sugar. This product contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is 100 milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, and 60 milligrams magnesium with none of the junk like coloring, artificial ingredients, and other BS additives. Personally, I am a huge fan of the citrus salt, especially when served cold over ice through a straw, but I really love all of the flavors, and most importantly, they all get the job done. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Cameron. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash Cameron. Plus, Element offers no questions asked refunds. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, they will give you your money back. No questions asked. So you really have nothing to lose. Whenever I travel, I always feel a bit thrown off on my schedule and just like generally unsettled. One thing that really helps me is trying to implement a part of my morning routine on the road that I normally practice at home. One of those staples being my daily AG1. Thank goodness for the travel packs because they make it so easy for me to just throw them in my toiletry case, pour it into a water bottle in my hotel room, shake it up and enjoy. It may seem silly, but along with my meditating and journaling, these three things in the morning help me feel a sense of like groundedness while traveling. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted to support my health first thing in the morning and add on to my morning routine in a way that prioritized my overall well-being. I take AG1 first thing in the morning after I meditate and before I go on with my day, and it makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body before the sun has even risen. AG1 is way more than greens. It is all your key health products like multivitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more working together all in one. For me, my morning has not started until I've had my glass of AG1. 
I'm a big believer in the fact that you set the tone for your day within the first hour. And that is why my morning routine is so important to me. I've talked about my depressive funk of my first trimester. And I really believe a part of that was because I wasn't making any time for myself. I was in full-blown survival mode. So sleep is my priority. But I think the lack of my morning meditation, journaling, and routine played into that funk. Now that I am finally getting some energy back, re-implementing my morning routine is a top priority for me as I want to feel my best. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash FFF. That's drinkag1.com slash FFF to check it out. Someone DM'd me like, how do you prioritize making time for yourself? Because I know it's so important as a parent, but I really have a hard time. And I am able to plan a girl's trip or a trip with Joe. And I'm able to prioritize that. And I don't necessarily feel these feelings. Like I didn't feel this when I went away with my girlfriend for Mother's Day. I didn't really feel this around the Taylor Swift experience. But something about when it's with work for me, it confuses my brain. And I have a really hard time prioritizing that and like making that time and be spending that time away. And I think this ties into, again, the conversation I want to get into in a second where I'm trying to navigate the like work aspect of my life and the mom aspect of my life. In general, my thoughts on LA, I know some people are like LA obsessed. LA just like happy to visit it. It will never be a place that I wish I lived. And I so respect and understand why people want to live there. It's great you have awesome weather, you have access to all different types of things to do and nature and outdoors. But first of all, I don't understand how anyone gets around with that traffic. I, I truly cannot comprehend how that's like a regular occurrence in people's days. And the lack of public transportation will always blow my mind. But I just feel so out of place there. And I don't know if everyone feels out of place there that lives there and they just don't talk about it. But I feel wildly out of place there. And I, that's how I feel every time I'm getting ready to go there and like while I'm there. It's just not that it's not my vibe. Well, maybe that's what it is. I just am not like an LA girly, but I'm happy to visit. I love the opportunity to spend time there for work and how now like that has opened up a realm of my life. Like that didn't, ex well, actually, I guess I did go to LA when I worked at JP, but it's very different. When I'm going out there now, I'm doing like more fun things. I have friends out there. That was never a part of my life. So I'm very grateful for that. But I also just, I don't go and have any desire of like, I want to live here. I'm like, I miss New Jersey. Anyway, so now to the final portion of this episode, I had like three pillars I wanted to talk about, Taylor, LA, and work. I'm having a bit of a hard time with work right now where I feel like I'm in this rut. And I think a lot of it is pregnancy related because A, like you're just operating at a much lower percentage of capacity. Just that is a matter of fact because you're growing a fucking human. And with that, you all know, I definitely struggle mentally pregnant. I don't know what it is. I'm sure part of it is like my chemical imbalance of some shit. Part of it is like a biological makeup. I don't know. But I definitely struggle mentally. And for me, a lot of it is a lack of creativity, which is a huge part of my job, even though I don't consider myself necessarily a creative person. 
obviously I need some form of creativity with this work to like come up with ideas and to be inspired by things. And I just feel such a lack of that while I'm pregnant. And I say while I'm pregnant because I vividly remember feeling the same way when I was pregnant with Liam. So I know that that's playing a huge role in it. But it's just this feeling of I'm in survival mode. And when I say this to people, some people are like, you're crazy from the outside. You're thriving. Like, what are you talking about? But I think that there are two modes, right? There's like survival and then there's thriving. And then there's like a third where you're past survival. I don't know what like below survival is where you're depleting. I don't know. And I feel like I'm in this survival stage where I'm really just doing as much as I can to keep my head above water. And I miss the thriving phase. And I don't even mean that necessarily from like a everything's going my way, but more so of a way of I'm excited about new things. I'm brainstorming. I'm coming up with ideas. Like there are things happening on the horizon. And when I talk to some of my friends in the industry and they are telling me what they're working on and these new exciting projects, I'm like, that's so fucking amazing. And I'm so happy for them. I am so proud of my friends in this space and everything they create. And I am their biggest cheerleader. And I also am jealous of having that capacity in my brain. And I said that to my friend. I was on the phone with Carissa and I said this to her. I was like, I I miss feeling that excitement and like drive. And again, I think it's just part of my, I don't know if it's, it's not self-worth because I know I tie my self-worth to some things with work. It's not that. It's just a part of me that I miss. And Yes, sure. I'm still doing exciting things. Look, I just told you about this incredible opportunity I did with Megan and I'm so excited by that. But I think more, I feel a little stagnant within like my own work. And this is something that I felt I was overcoming during postpartum. And then now feel kind of like thrown back into where there's a lot of questioning of like, what is the goal here? What is my work? What is the end goal? What am I doing? What's happening? And so there's a lot of that happening in my brain without the like second half of that discussion where it is, okay, let's ideate, let's brainstorm, let's create, this is what we're going to do. This is a new direction. So I just miss that. But realistically, I don't have time for it. And that's something I'm like trying to accept just right now in this phase of my life. I don't. And I was journaling on this the other day because I have this incredible opportunity where I'm able to have a job that does fulfill me in a way and it does provide me this outlet to do my own thing and it's fun and most of the time I enjoy it and financially it's awesome. And simultaneously, I'm able to be hyper involved in my child's life and spend so much time with him and be around for so much. And that's the fucking dream, right? It's amazing. And with that, I can also acknowledge that it's really confusing for my brain to ever turn off one of the other and to consistently feel like I'm wearing these two hats at once. I used to say like, I wish I knew, I wish my brain was like, I want to fully commit to focusing on being a mom, which in reality is not like in the cards for our family. But like I used to say, I wish my brain would just decide either that or I want to full throttle go into this work and hire more help with our children so that I can do that but I'm really fucking torn. And I found myself in the middle and I stopped saying, I wish my brain would pick one lane because I actually think I've 
found this dream world. And I, I don't think I would want one or the other. I think I do love this combination, but it is really confusing for me. And I have said to myself in recent journaling sessions, like this period of my life right now, while I'm growing this human and postpartum, while I am like having this human enter the world and, you know, everything that comes with postpartum, my focus is my family. And that will be the focus for this year and potentially year plus. And I'm okay with that because I thought about this at the end of the day, years later, if I look back on this, am I ever going to regret that? That's never a decision I will ever personally regret. And this is something that's very personal to me. Everyone's going to have a different stance on this. Everyone's going to be in a different situation. I can totally understand and acknowledge that. But right now, I'm kind of coming to terms with that and then figuring out, okay, well, where can work fit in within that? And that's that kind of like survival mode where I'm like, if I can just maintain, then we can hopefully flourish at a point where I'm able to focus more on work. So that being said, the second part of this work conversation is around the podcast. And this is something I would love feedback on. And I've said this at the end of solo episodes, but really like continue to send the feedback because it's so helpful. And so many of you have, and I really appreciate it. But with this show, it's hands down the number one thing I love doing most as my job. Like I have so much fun with it, but it is a fuckload of work. And I think people don't understand until you start a podcast. And I've talked to a few people about this who started one. They were like, I had no idea how much back end work goes into this thing. And it's really, yes, I know there's some people who are incredibly financially lucrative off of a show, like the top X percent, like the armchair expert, you know, those people call her daddy, all of that. But for the rest of the world, it's eventually you can make money off of it. But for four plus years when I was on my own, I was not making a dollar on the show. I was just losing money on the show. And I didn't care because it was what I loved doing. And I still feel that way. It is still my favorite part of the job. And it's way less financially focused for me. It's like, this is what brings me so much joy. What's really confusing for me, and this is what I want to talk about, is the structure that we've tried to figure out as a community with the show. Because originally, it was all interview episodes and then a few sporadic solos. And then I got all this feedback that, oh my God, I love your solo episodes. Like, please do more of them. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So then I started doing every other interview, solo, interview, solo. But then I kind of felt like I had nothing to say in the solo episodes. So I cut it back and was doing like a few interviews, then a solo. And what's confusing for me and what I'm trying to navigate now, because now we're back on the interview, solo, interview, solo situation. And this is kind of like, sorry, guys, I'm letting you see how the sausage is made. But this is something I want to talk about. What is confusing for me is that I will have a guest on and it'll be an episode that I am so passionate about. I'm so excited about. This happened. I did a Instagram reel and TikTok trailer that combined got like 500,000 views. It did really well. And that episode got like maybe a little bit more, but I think around the same downloads as the next week episode, which was like me fucking chit-chatting about nothing and one that I barely even promoted. And so then I'm like, well, this is confusing because part of me is the, the solo episodes are a tenth of the work 
it is such an easier lift for me. But here is where I struggle. And I saw this TikTok recently and it was like, stop creating content for your haters. Create the content for the people who love you because the haters are always going to hate you. You're not going to change their mind. Okay. They've made up their mind. If they don't like you. They're not going to like you. So stop fucking creating content for them. Create the content for the people who are there and want to support you. And the reason I say this is because for me, I have seen things, you know, I've seen the DMs. I've seen the things that people say about me that hate me. I don't look, okay? We've done a lot of personal work over the last year and a half. So there's no active searching for this information, but I've seen it. And that untaps this voice in your head that sucks. That is that of a troll. So I have a voice in my head that every time I do something is a troll being like, you fucking annoying ass rich white bitch. All you do is complain. And what could you even complain about? You have this perfect life. Okay, so I get it. I've got that voice in my head. And for me, I think that's what hinders me from doing like solo episodes because in my mind, I'm like, well, what am I actually providing? Am I helping anyone? What is the purpose of this? Whereas with guests, it takes a little bit I guess of the attention off me, which is like, well, they're providing something and it feels more meaningful. But quite honestly, I get 15 to 20 times more messages on solo episodes being like, this episode helped me so much for XYZ. It was so amazing to hear you talk about this because I feel this way and it was really eye opening and blah, blah, blah. So quite honestly, the solo episodes perform better and seem to like connect deeper with the community and the audience, which is the end goal. So then I just confuse myself. So I'm going to try to listen to the advice and lean in to the support that I feel from so many of you. And maybe with your feedback, and we will assess the numbers as we continue this like guest solo, guest solo structure, we go a little bit more heavily on the solos. And Quite honestly, that would make life a little easier, especially during maternity leave and with two children. And I think there will be a lot more to even say, especially around that topic. So this is something we're going to navigate together. And again, you're kind of seeing behind the scenes, but I feel like I've done that from the beginning with you all because, I mean, whatever, I'd rather have the input and the advice and feedback from the people who are listening and who matter the most. So this episode has kind of gone... 10,000 directions. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the FFM. I love you so much. And please hit me up over DM with your thoughts. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.